It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Mostly sunny skies today, warming up to 66 degrees. Clear and cold overnight areas of frost possible, lows at 35. We'll start out with mostly sunny skies on Saturday, getting up close to 70 for those afternoon highs. Overnight lows at 41 Saturday night. And mostly sunny on Sunday, just a few more clouds by the afternoon. High temperatures running in the upper 60s. And currently we have 38 degrees now in the uh, Roanoke area, uh, 38 in Salem, 37 in Bedford, 34 in Lynchburg, uh, 35 in Appomattox, and 31 in Danville. So when we last heard from Andy Woodhull, his wife had asked him to kill a copperhead. And he said no, and his neighbor came and killed the hot copperhead and really hurt his self-esteem. That's where we pick up this part of his bit. She heard something in the night, and she goes, oh, my God, I heard something. you got to go check. And I said, I'm, I'm not going to go check. I'm going to give Steve a call. This is his job from now on. I don't want to go check. What if it sets Snake's family back to avenge his death? What if we accidentally killed Snake Liam Neeson's son? And now Snake Liam Neeson is in the other room right now. Just like, I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> that was the first snake that was ever in our backyard. Since then, I've killed three of them. I'm on a real rampage. Steve taught me how to do it. He goes, what you do is you take a shovel and you chop the head off the snake, and you completely remove the head from the body, and you bury it in a separate grave. Which makes me think some weird stuff has happened between Steve and a snake at some point in his life, that he has to do this weird ritualistic killing every time he takes one out. You know what's gonna happen I'm gonna now. I'm gonna dig two graves. <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it over the fence when I'm done with it. You know, I'm, I'm going to get, like, texts now from people saying, you shouldn't kill snakes. But it was a copperhead. It was a copperhead snake. I think that's different. So Rogan comes rolling up into the front yard yesterday with a mole, playing with it like a cat, batting it around and carrying on. And I couldn't even yell at him because, well, frankly, I don't, moles are destroying oh. my yard, so... I've seen so my mom's dog Roscoe, who has the Jack Russell, he'll he'll kill squirrels and like bring them in the house. Yeah, no. There was this one. I time, love my squirrels. There's this one time, and I, so like he was like in the kitchen area, and then like my parents' front door, you can like there's a hole, like there's a, you can see to the kitchen, and um, so I'm walking out the door, and you can see a distance. He has something like he has something like in his mouth, and it looks like a new toy, and. I was like, what was that? And then I go ask my mom. I was like, hey, mom, uh, did Roscoe get a new toy? She's like, no. And she walks up to and it. And it's a she, squirrel. And she just screams. Mm-hmm. And then I look at it, and I see it's a squirrel. And I just, I, now, I can't the, stop laughing. Was the squirrel alive? Oh, it was dead. He oh, killed it. Oh, it was dead? Okay. See, Buddy doesn't kill anything. He'll just carry it in his mouth. So he's done. he's brought chickens into my house before. And yeah. Yeah, it's not it's not good. The mole fortunately wasn't in the house, so that's good. Lots of things to take in and do this weekend, including well, we told you about the Amherst County Fair and we had some great endorsements from listeners about that. Also, Oktoberfest is gonna be starting at twelve noon 
tomorrow at Riverfront Park in Lynchburg. So that's kind of exciting. Um, we also have a Halloween uh, uh, open house and trunk or treat that's going to be taking place at uh, 20452 Timberlake Road. And Apocalypse uh, L Works is having a rescue fest where they're going to have adoptable pets and um, and uh, live music and cornhole and all that kind of stuff going on tomorrow. So lots and lots of events. We'll talk about some more of those as uh, as we go along. Well, we are coming off a very hot real estate time. Lots of people buying homes. Uh, it was definitely uh, a, a seller's market there for a long time. But uh, red hot mortgage rates are giving home buyers and sellers some cold feet. About 17% of homes that went under contract across the nation ended up getting called off. Uh, Technology-powered real estate firm reported that approximately 60,000 deals fell through in September, marking the highest share on record aside from March of 2020, the same month the World Health Organization declared the pandemic. Demand is slumping due to surging mortgage rates, but prices are being propped up by inflation and the drop in the number of people putting their homes up for sale. It's forcing many people to stay put, especially if they're locked in at a rock-bottom mortgage rate during the pandemic, although many of them paid too much for their homes during that time. Freddie Mae reported Thursday that the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage averaged 6.94%. A year ago, the rate was 3.09. These rates have driven monthly housing payments for buyers up more than 50% compared to a year ago. The number of home sales dropped 25% in September compared to a year ago, according to the residential real estate brokerage. New listings also plunged 22%, which marked the largest drop since May of 2020. And on top of that, less than half of the offers uh, last month, uh, they're they're saying, uh, marked another uh, record low since the start of the pandemic. They project the housing market will get worse before it's going to get better. It usually does. Federal Reserve will likely continue hiking interest rates. That means we may not see high mortgage rates, the primary killer of housing demand, until the mid-2023. So, and I've had this happen to two people that I know. They were, they had gotten offers, they were in the process, and then it fell through. So, it's a, it's a difficult time, probably not the best time to be selling or buying right now so we shall see keep an eye on that one for sure oprah winfrey says it's going to be really frightening if stacy abrams doesn't win some might argue it's going to be really frightening if she does win she hosted a virtual campaign event for democratic gubernatorial candidate stacy abrams on tuesday night titled a thriving life The event featured a pre-recorded split-screen conversation between the two as they discussed the candidate's plan for the state ahead of her rematch against incumbent Republican Governor Brian Kemp. You'd think if it was that important, Oprah would have showed up in person. Winfrey, 66, who also campaigned for Abrams during her first run, Abrams, 49, never officially conceded the election which she claimed was stolen from her 
due to alleged discriminatory election practices and voter suppression. Of course, she went on to say that she she didn't do that later. So not sure how that works. Says you ended up giving the non-concession speech heard around the world as you were demanding that every single vote be counted and every voice be heard in Georgia, Winfrey said. Uh, I didn't win, Abrams said. People think I'm confused. I'm not. But I've gotten to spend the last four years doing the things I talked about. In the wake of her loss, the politician built her national profile as a voting rights activist. And says uh, she, and, and they say she's earned millions from books and speeches, so she hasn't done too badly. She used Thursday's event to outline her platform, which includes expanding Medicaid health insurance, reversing the six-week abortion ban, investing in education, improving affordable housing, enacting common-sense gun control laws, and developing small businesses. She also warned against voter lethargy, as she said Georgians were at risk of losing their constitutional freedoms. She argued people should vote for her as protection against the U.S. Supreme Court decisions that she said could erode minority voting rights, protections for LGBTQ people, and safeguards against stolen presidential elections. If we don't elect me, we will have no health care for half a million Georgians. Wow, that's a big comment. Our children will continue to go to underfunded schools where transgender children have been banned from playing with their friends. Wow. We have divisive laws that say you have to lie to your children about their history. The members of the LGBTQ community will not have protection. In addition, Abram said, if Kemp is elected, he will attack our freedoms, especially if you're a woman. Well, he's been in office. I don't think people have experienced that in Georgia. I don't know if they have any other rule in their playbook this midterm other than fear-mongering. That just seems to be the only place they know how to go. If you don't vote for me, horrible things are going to happen. If you don't vote for me, you're going to lose all your freedoms. Your health care is going to go away. Your children are going to suffer. It's not, what am I going to do? It's, this is what's going to happen if you don't vote for me. It's a fascinating way to go. Uh, yeah. We'll be back with more of your Friday funnies on the way. Our number, 866-916-3776. I'd love to hear from you this morning. Um, I need to hear from Dale from Huddleston. I have a quiz for him to take. Huh. I'll have to follow up with him. That we'll be back. Be, that should be interesting. Oh, it's always interesting when I talk to Dale. Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. Here's so a lot of you probably got married uh, long ago or whatever, and you may not know about how the online thing dating goes. Here's let me give you a snapshot of what's like uh, generally. It is first you have, you have to build a profile, so it's way more work than you think it's going to be. It's like an online class, uh, <laughs> an online creative writing class, and it is <laughs> a lot of fiction. And so you, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You gotta uh, create, first you gotta come up with some sort of catchy headline. Almost every female writes similar things. They write, uh, love to laugh. They wanna let you know they like to laugh, which is great. 
That is great. I just don't know anyone who doesn't love, I mean, who do you know that doesn't love laughing? They're like, oh, I'm not a laughing guy. Come on, that is, ugh, makes me happy on the inside. So, you guys go on ahead. I do like to sneeze, though, so if you go into a sneezing club, let me know. I just... So, okay, the love laugh, great. I'm like, great, I like laughing. I also enjoy breathing. We got a lot in common. You know, there's a, there's a connection here. Occasionally blinking. We've got something to work with. You see, and then they read through this uh, person they're looking for a lot of times, and then someday they say, uh, no egos, guys. I'm looking for a guy with no ego. <laughs> like, uh, it's online dating. Uh, there's no ego at this point. Um, <laughs> You're in luck. <laughs> well, we were talking yesterday here, about so. how uh, there's reverse catfishing now, where people yeah. are putting not attractive pictures of themselves up on their online dating. And that, for me, is just normal. <laughs> I've never online dated, so I'm not, I'm not familiar. I just want to point out, I did get you to laugh. You did get me to laugh? Oh, just now? Yes, not with your bad jokes that you've been telling me when we're off the air. That, that's, that is funny for me. Like, I tell those because not the joke's funny, your reaction is funny. <laughs> You're very cruel. <laughs> You're not a very nice person. Come on. <laughs> I'm just saying. Come you know, on. You know how much I hate them, but that's why you do it. I get it. All right, well, here's something that's not a laughing matter. Um, we have been talking well, since COVID started, about the concerns of our children being out of schools. Now they're saying the whole online school thing has put U.S. kids so far behind that many parents are regretting not fighting harder to get their kids back in school. Of course, in many places, it was the teachers' unions that were refusing to go back to school. Um, In this particular article from the Associated Press, um, that cites preliminary test scores around the country confirming what parents have been saying all along um, that the online the online teaching just didn't work. Uh, Vivian Carbo thought her daughter's Boston school district was doing the right thing when officials kept classroom closed for most students for more than a year. Carbo is a caregiver for hospice patients. She didn't want to risk them getting COVID. And extending pandemic school closures through the spring of 2021 is what many in her community thought was best to keep kids safe and adults safe. But her daughter became depressed, stopped doing schoolwork, stopped paying attention. The former honor roll student failed nearly all of her eighth grade courses. She's behind, the mom said. Her daughter is now in the 10th grade. It didn't work at all. Knowing what I know now, they should have put them in school. There were a lot of people saying that. The bottom line is it's too late now. The test scores around the country are confirming what she saw. The longer many students studied remotely, the less they learned. Some educators and parents are questioning decisions in cities from Boston to Chicago to L.A., to remain online long after clear evidence emerged that schools weren't COVID-19 super spreaders and months after life-saving adult vaccines became widely available. There are fears for the futures of students who don't catch up. Some are running the risk of never learning to read, uh, a long precursor for dropping out of school, They may never master simple algebra, putting science and tech fields far out of reach. 
The pandemic decline in college attendance could continue to to accelerate. We've got less enrollment than we've ever had. In a sign of how inflammatory the debate has become, there's a sharp disagreement among educators, school leaders, and parents about even how to label the problems created by online school learning loss. It's become a lightning rod. Some fear the term might brand struggling students or cast blame on teachers. They say it overlooks the need to save lives during the pandemic. Regardless of what it's called, there are casualties of Zoom school. The scale of the problem and the challenges in addressing it were apparent in interviews with nearly 50 school leaders, some public health officials and educators warned against second-guessing the school closure for a virus that killed people in the U.S., Uh, It's very easy to look with hindsight and say, oh, learning loss, we should have opened. People forget how many people died. The question isn't merely academic. But at the end of the day, here we are. Yeah, I I remember, um, like, we we, we talked about this. You know, I found the article and shared it with you. And we talked about, like, I don't know if I've been able to learn. Like, I'm very much like a, you know, a visual and, like, read and write like i need to physically kind of see it and work through it and have someone talk to me with it and that just didn't happen like it it really restricted you know you have four learning styles you know visual through hearing reading and writing and then you know uh with activity uh i think there are some kids who who did well because their parents kind of stepped in and you know just kind of took over the role they like you know parents had to work or or whatever and you know it but for a lot of people online restricted the way you could you could also like learn like actually like learn for some students for some students because for many students probably the bulk of students we've got a call we need to go to your good your good friend he listened to your answers oh is it dale good morning dale good morning this is lex lex luther (laughs) my lex luther (laughs) <laughs> I'm so glad to, to hear from you, Lex. So I thought we'd have a little a little fun this morning because you know you're I, my you're my go to guy. You have a well, lot I of guess knowledge. Someone's got a call. Hey, I have a real quick question before we get into this. Okay. I want to know. Ask Trey how his mom cooked the squirrel. Did she use tomato Stop. sauce? Stop. She she ran she <laughs> ran out the house. She she would not touch that thing with a ten foot <laughs> pole. He's giving me a hard time because he knows I love squirrels. All right. So since you're one of the most knowledgeable guys I know, I thought I'd have a little fun with you today and test your Halloween knowledge. Okay. Are you ready? We could try. I'll believe in you. Oh, sure. All right. Um, Where did jack-o'-lanterns come from? What country gave us jack-o'-lanterns? Was it uh, Germany, Ireland, Italy? Which one? Ireland. Look at you. He did get it right. Which city? They use sweet potatoes, I think, to start with, not, not pumpkins. See? What? He's, he's oh, that guy. <laughs> he is this hey, guy. All right. If you need someone with sports trivia, you and I could be a great great tag team. <laughs> Which city? I know sports pretty well, too, yes. I'm telling you, this guy could go on Jeopardy. Which city hosts the largest Halloween parade in the U.S.? New York, L.A., Chicago, Miami. Let's say Miami. Miami, okay. 
I was going to go uh, New York. It is New York. Mm. Which of these categories is expected to account for the most spending on Halloween this year, according to the National Retail Federation? Is it costumes, candy, direct uh, decorations, or parties? Candy. Candy. Costumes. Those are things that are insanely expensive. It is costumes. Which state produces up to five times more pumpkin than any other state? Massachusetts, Maine, Pennsylvania, or Illinois? Pennsylvania. See, you just had to go with your good old standby. (laughs) Illinois. That's what I was thinking. I was going to say Illinois. See, my wife's yelling in my ear saying, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, because we're from Pennsylvania. I thought it was Illinois. All right. Uh, An Almond Joy, this is a true or false question. Are you ready? An Almond Joy is the most popular Halloween candy among most states. Is that true or false? Should be false. Uh, um, I hate them, so I'm going to say false. I thought it was Reese's Cups. Um, uh, you are correct. It is false. That is not the most because uh, with between the nuts and the coconut, yeah, it's nasty. The most. Oh, hey, coconut. Yes. See, I like them. The most common ghostly sighting reported at the White House has been of Abraham Lincoln, according to History.com. Is that true or false? I'll say that's true. It is true. Sure I thought maybe I thought maybe it would be um, Mary Todd Lincoln because you know she was into all that stuff. One more, which well, popular Biden yet because they haven't seen him enough around the White House yet to <laughs> Seriously, apparently he's been spending more time in Delaware. Uh, which yep. Halloween costume is the most popular according to Google Trends? Spider Man, a doctor, a cat, or a witch? Witch. Look at you. See? I'm going to get you on uh, Jeopardy. Thanks for playing along this morning. <laughs> and what do I win? An Almond Joy or you, a Dead Squirrel? You win an Almond Joy and perhaps a white um, Reese cup. How about that? All right. All right. Thanks for calling in this morning. You're fun. Right. We've got your WDBJ7 on the way with your... Uh, your local headlines for Roanoke, Lynchburg, and the South Side. Don't forget, you can go to the Lynchburg portal, download us, take us with you anywhere you go. Thanks for listening to the Morning Jam here on the Virginia Talk Radio Network. It's time for your Morning Jam weather, brought to you by WDBJ7. I'm meteorologist Brent Watts. Mostly sunny skies today, warming up to 66 degrees. Clear and cold overnight areas of frost possible, lows at 35. We'll start out with mostly sunny skies on Saturday, getting up close to 70 for those afternoon highs. Overnight lows at 41 Saturday nights. And mostly sunny on Sunday, just a few more clouds by the afternoon. High temperatures running in the upper 60s. Currently 38 degrees in Appomattox, 39 in Salem, 34 in Danville, 37 in Roanoke, 38 in Bedford, and 37 in Lynchburg. Leaders in Giles County are working to provide broadband access to the entire county as thousands of people still don't have internet. The county administrator, Chris McLarney, says the county's two applications for funding have been submitted with the Virginia Telecommunications Initiative Fund. Combined, the grants are worth more than $34 million. The first application is with the internet service provider, Gigabeam. According to the county, it will cover Parisburg, Narrows, Rich Creek, Glen Len, 
uh, Glenlin, uh, Wolf Creek, and Powell's Mountain. If everything falls into space, they say... Uh, 4,314 potential customers would be helped. The funding request for this application uh, was uh, $27,901,719. That's a lot of money. Uh, He says if approved, they will match with $22.4 million. This is part of the utility leverage program, they said. Operation Cease Fire is an initiative from Attorney General Jason Miaris to combat violent crimes across Virginia. Roanoke is one of those cities taking part. As many of you know, is no stranger to shootings. Roanoke City Police Chief Samuel Roman is appreciative of the new funding and says that it will help law enforcement become more successful. According to the AG's office, $5 million was allocated for the ceasefire. In the budget this year, the money will be invested in three different areas. One of those is hiring up to six violent crime prosecutors with a specific emphasis on conspiracy cases, enterprise cases, and RICO cases. It's great to have a prosecutor who's dedicated most of their time to have these very long-term intricate cases that can be very impactful and powerful investigations. RICO cases are generally used to combat organized crime with multiple people arrested at one time for conspiring together. Chief Roman says most of the violent crime in Roanoke City is perpetuated by a small group of people. Funds will also help start a program to protect victims and witnesses. The last strategy of the Office of the Attorney General is to hire two to three group violence intervention coordinators, adding to some of the programs this department already has. The ultimate measure of success for the operation is reducing gun violence in the city, but Chief Roman will say that will take time. Other cities of area in our area that are taking part of this initiative is including Danville, Martinsville, and Lynchburg. So uh, obviously a big issue is gun violence, and uh, a, we'll see how uh, how this can help. Um, you know, it, it seems like they're putting a lot of emphasis on, you know, trying to get the groups of people that consistently commit the crimes, you know, i.e. RICO cases, which, as mentioned, were, you know, the biggest RICO cases were the, you know, the mobs in New York. It's kind of where it famously started. So uh, hopefully that uh, does help gun violence in in those cities. A 12-inch water line break forced with county schools to close early yesterday, leaving several residents without water throughout the day. The break happened on 10th and Spiller Street. Withville Town Engineer Trevor Hackler says it happened around 10.40 p.m. on Wednesday. Crews used a geographic information system to pinpoint where the break was. They say the valve that feeds water directly from the tanks to the Wythe County Schools is what caused the disruption. They're now back in service. He admits this is something crews were not expecting. A lot of water was coming out of the line. Now it's under the control. Uh, They fixed the break late on Thursday around 7 p.m. Throughout the next coming months, he says they're going to be upgrading many of those water lines. He says there's a lot of lines in the town that will need to be upgraded in the near future. And taking this into consideration, this is a line that we'll look at to see what may have to be done. Only the people in the neighborhood near the break were affected. All the surrounding areas uh, were fine. Water infrastructure is not something you want to mess with, that's for sure. Uh, I've always been pleased. I, I know people are really put out by all the construction and things that's been going on in downtown Lynchburg. But a lot of that has to do with making sure that the water is safe. Some of those water lines were 
200 years old and had to be replaced. So uh, we're, we're you know, lucky they made that a priority. We mentioned this earlier in the show today. A lot of people who have had the dream of taking their kids to Disney World have ended up with big disappointments as the experience just isn't what it used to be. Disney's become pretty woke in a lot of areas and very expensive. But this family of four uh, had an even worse experience after uh, they created a, a surprise for their two children who were having birthdays. The happiest place on earth turned pretty sour for this family whose truck was stolen from their hotel during their Walt Disney World vacation. They said they decided to surprise their kids, take them to Orlando for a few days. The couple planned the visit for their two young kids' birthdays, but on the morning of their second day, their white 2007 Ford F-250 pickup was stolen out of the parking lot at the Comfort Suites off Major Boulevard. He was like, where's my truck? She said she could see it in his face. Um, I thought he was going to cry, the wife told the local Fox affiliate. To make matters worse, that wasn't the only thing taken. They also uh, had inside the truck iPads, Apple Watches, car seats, Ryan's toolbox. They were stuck in the hotel room all day. The kids were very upset. Cassidy said they were able to get the kids to Disney the day after the truck was stolen. But needless to say, it put a damper on their vacation. We've been trying to take the kids to Disney uh, for years. It definitely hit hard. They filed a police report. The agency is looking for the family's truck and valuables. I know it's a long shot, but they're hoping people are going to keep a, a lookout for their for their truck. I've, have you ever had a, a vacation that went horribly wrong that way? Fortunately, no. Fortunately, it is not. Well... So, like, the, the biggest time, nowhere close to that, but we drove, my family and I drove from uh, all the way to Clearwater, Florida. And uh, they got a new van, the sprint, a Sprinter van, which is like a half RV van yeah. kind of thing. And we drove to Clearwater, and as we got to Clearwater, a guy pulls up next to us and is like, hey, hey, your tire. And basically, as we were getting there, the a big, like, bubble formed on the tire so day one of the trip my dad and i had to go to the tire store like the tire place and and sit and get you know my the worst tire place one was when uh, was my honeymoon Oof. for my uh ex-husband we were driving to uh south carolina and the brakes go out on the way to south carolina so the first day is spent fixing brakes okay a pain, but not horrible. Yeah. Uh, later on, walking on the boardwalk there, get attacked by bees. I'm allergic to bees. So is my mom. Not great. Not a great experience. I send him for Benadryl. He comes back with topical Benadryl. Not helpful if you're allergic to bees. So that wasn't great. On the way home, we get rear-ended by a guy. Well, we didn't we didn't get rear-ended. He stopped his car in the middle of the interstate, and then it folded my car up like an accordion. We pull over. I think there's going to be a big fight. Finally get him calmed down. He's like, there's a police station next exit. He takes off. He's gone. We call the police. I had his tag numbers. Car that he was driving was stolen. All right? It gets better. He's one of a set of twins. 
that they've been looking for. Nice. Yes. That that was an absolute trip from hell. And perhaps should have been a, a morning sign. I don't know. <laughs> Thank don't you. Know. You said that. Thank you. You said that because I was sitting there. I was like, "That's a." I want to say that kind of joke, but like I, I Look, care about you, and I, I, I did not. As, I said it at the time as someone who, as a genuine joke, who had to go through a similar situation this year. Kind of different, but we've discussed well, yeah, I'm not, it. You weren't with them twenty five years. Fair point. <laughs> right. I was not, but similar situation i know how sensitive it can be so right. i did not want to i did not want to say something inappropriate yeah not a great trip that's for sure it's time for janet's five and dine on the morning jam give her five minutes and she'll give you some great inspiration for a delicious meal tonight sometimes you just have to laugh it's okay five and dine is brought to you by our friends at fnl market they're on Memorial Avenue in Lynchburg. They are busy cutting and grinding fresh meats every single day. And one of the things they're doing right now is they are taking orders for corporate turkeys and hams. So if that's something you're wanting to do for your employees or maybe some of your customers, you can call and talk to Todd Ramsey directly, 434-846-7448. Give FNL a call, ask to speak to Todd, and uh, you need to get that done now because the whole turkey ham thing is a little wackadoodle and he's fully stocked up now lock in those prices while you can this is an amazing weekend treat that we're giving you today fnl has everything you need to make this delicious dish that um, arguably you could eat on all weekend because it makes a lot uh, you're going to start we're going to make a creamy white lasagna chicken lasagna you're going to start with nine lasagna noodles. You can get the no-bake kind or you can get traditional ones and just cook them, rinse them, and lie them, uh, lay them to the side. All right. Then you're going to melt some butter in a large saucepan. Cook your onions and your garlic until they're tender and kind of translucent. Then you're going to stir in your flour and your salt. Simmer, simmer it until it's bubbly. Mix in your broth and your milk. Bring it to a boil, stirring constantly for about one minute. Then you're going to stir in two cups of mozzarella, one-fourth of a cup of Parmesan. Season it with Italian seasoning and ground black pepper. Remove from the heat and set it aside. Then you're going to spread a third of that sauce mixture into the bottom of your 9 by 13 inch bake dish. You're going to uh, layer it with a third of the noodles. Then you're going to put your ricotta and your cooked chicken two cups of mozzarella cheese, and a layer of spinach. Then you're going to repeat this entire layer one more time. After that, you're going to put one more layer of the noodles over the cheese, spread the remaining sauce evenly over it, sprinkle it with mozzarella, bake it for 35 minutes in a preheated oven, and be sure you let that set kind of to itself so you can get a beautiful slice of it. If you cut it too soon, everything oozes out and it's not as pretty. So make sure you let it sit for at least 10 minutes before you try to cut it and uh, get a piece out. Serve it up with a nice little salad, maybe some bread on the side. It's a delicious comfort food. Find it by going to Facebook, type in Janet's Five and Dine. You'll find this recipe and all the recipes that we share brought to you by FNL Market, where their meats are a cut above. Start your mornings on the right foot and listen to the Morning Jam, 6 to 9 a.m. On the Virginia Talk Radio Network. 
I come from a long line of Southern cooks, and one thing my mama always told me was ingredients matter. That's why I trust the experienced butchers at FNL Market, Lynchburg's only locally and family-owned independent grocery store. Their staff cuts and grinds fresh meats daily and will offer you the personal service you desire for everyday meals or special occasions. This week at FNL, save on sirloin tip roast, $3.98 a pound. Whole boneless pork loins are $2.69 a pound and sliced for free. Family pack boneless pork chops are $2.98 a pound. And leg quarters are $6.80 for a 10-pound bag. Sign up to be a VIP Savings Club member. Text FL Market to 833-605-1804. Join the VIP Text Club for exclusive deals and flash sales. Stop by FNL Market today, 2517 Memorial Avenue, Lynchburg. Their meat is a cut above. It's the rebirth of Common Sense Talk Radio. Common Sense Talk Radio. The Morning Jam. Uh, I don't go to nightclubs anymore. I'm done with that. I used to. I, I, I can't even do it. It's boring. I ain't got no game. No game. I don't even attempt. I don't. It's like, oh, are we interested in each other? No. Okay, I'm going to take a nap. Um, <laughs> I'm serious, it's boring, I ain't got no game, and I don't know when this started, but yeah, the music is too loud. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I don't know when that happened for me. I was at a club in New York, I was in there two minutes, went to the DJ like. <laughs> Cause you can't hear the person right next to you, they are literally this close and you gotta yell the whole night like, what? What? <laughs> And all you can do is hope that their face matches what you think they're saying. <laughs> Matter of fact, you want to say something bad, that's the time to say it. <laughs> yeah, I kill people on Tuesdays. <laughs> I'm saying, that way when it come out in the news, she'd be like, I didn't know. Baby, I told you the first night I met you. <laughs> See, I don't know when that happened either. I just know that pretty early on, I thought things were too darn loud, so... You know. Silent disco could fix it, and you talk to someone, you just take your headphones off. There you go. See that, and we and we learned about that. They're even having that at the Amherst County Fair. So silent disco. Uh, it seems like uh, there is a new trend in the bizarre world of celebrity trinkets. A lock of David Bowie's hair sold at auction just weeks after his death for over eighteen thousand dollars. A tissue that Scarlett Johansson used on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno that she then put in a plastic bag and sealed with a kiss, sold for over $5,000 in 2008, an unlaundered sports bra worn by Jennifer Lawrence during the filming of Silver Linings Playbook, sold for over $3,000. It's kind of amazing what can sell and how they're being used right now. Uh, An English pop punk singer Youngblood is offering the chance for fans to take home a piece of him or at, at least something His that blood. was with him to help a charitable cause. The musician paired with Five Gum and luxury jeweler to the stars, Greg Yuna, created 15 custom design necklaces that are going to be auctioned off on eBay. What makes them so special? Each houses a piece of cobalt peppermint five gum chewed by Youngblood 
before shows on his recent North American tour. Nice. Each of the trinkets featured the chew cobalt gum encased in lucite, a kind of acrylic plastic resin, which is also adorned with white diamonds and a charm engraved with a five-gum logo and Eunice signature. The whole ensemble hangs on a 14-carat white gold chain. Who on earth would wear this? Is this guy even famous? Uh, I don't know who he is. Uh, Doesn't look like they're doing too great. Uh, 15 necklaces on the auction block at the time of writing the highest bid was $630 for one of them. The lowest bid, $330, which is more than I thought they would get for them. But, hey, an Instagram model and influencer got a a bottle of used bathwater. It sold for $30. I mean, so, you know. Thinking logistically here, you could theoretically, I would assume, sell if you get the one, get it for three hundred dollars. You probably could turn a good profit. You know, you just melting the gold down. Tax deduction. You sell the diamonds and the gold. You probably make your money back and then some. I think it's the dumbest idea I've ever seen. Uh, You know, sometimes our criminals get very creative. A Massachusetts woman released a swarm of bees on the sheriff's deputies as they tried to serve an eviction notice. She's facing multiple assault and battery charges. Rory Woods, 55, pled not guilty at her arraignment on October 12th. She was released without bail, citing uh, court documents reported on Wednesday. She and other protesters maintained that they were trying to prevent a wrongful eviction. The homeowner, Alton King, brought evidence of a bankruptcy stay to court the next day, at which point everything should have stopped, said Grace Ross uh, from the Predatory Lending Bureau. Woods' lawyers would not immediately respond. Hamden County deputies were met by protesters when they went to the home on the morning of October 12th. Woods, who lives in Hadley, arrived in SUV towering a trailer, or towing a trailer, carrying beehives. There's a real buzz about this story. Oh, Lord. Started shaking the beehives, breaking the cover off one, causing hundreds of bees to swarm out and initially sting one of the deputies, according to the report. She had a beekeeper suit on to protect herself, uh, was eventually handcuffed, but not before several more sheriff's department employees were stung, including three who were allergic to bees. Now that could get her in trouble. Uh, they say she could have faced more serious charges if anything worse would have happened. We had one staff member had to be sent to the hospital. Luckily, he's okay. We had a court order that was presented to us. Um, it was Miss Wood's arrival with her vehicle and her trailer that really caused things to go haywire. Of all the things I could think of to stave off, I, I would think that that would not be the most effective. But, you know, that's just me. I had a friend post pictures up on social media yesterday. Uh, She really gets into Halloween. I think she posted like 64 photos. I don't decorate a lot for Halloween. I do some things for fall, not so much Halloween. Uh, But the city of Prosser, Washington, had to take down its city hall Halloween display because they got complaints that the uh, display was in poor taste. Let's find out why, shall we? The display featured a scarecrow wearing a T-shirt that says, Can I speak to the manager? She had a Karen name tag on. 
In the news release, the city of Prosser says it's also withdrawn from the historic downtown Prosser decorating contest, saying they acknowledge the display was inconsistent with the spirit of the competition. So she had a Karen tag on. Can I speak to the manager? And it had a sign that said Karen's Garden. That was the title of the display. I think Karens are taking that way too seriously. <laughs> the Karen meme has gained international recogni- recognition as the term for an entitled white mo- woman, according to Harvard. So, yep. I have a friend named Karen, and on Halloween, she actually wears that shirt. <laughs> nice. <laughs> she just embraces it. Hey, she's like, yep, people. my name is Karen. Don't mess with me. So <laughs> I kind of like the, the her spirit with it. But no, they took it down. So but whatever. Yeah. Whatever works. Um, we also have a, a video that's gone viral. I, I always love the nature stories, especially when you have people being stupid in nature. A woman is uh, recovering after being gored by a bison in a Texas state park. She was hiking. While on the hike, she walked up on a group of bison along the path. That's not a good idea. If you see bison on a path, go the other way. Yeah, that that would make sense. Um, She said uh, she was hoping they would not pay her any mind. That almost worked until they turned their head and charged at her, who took off running. The bison rammed her back, gored me, threw me into a mesquite bush, I laid there for 50 minutes until help arrived. She later said uh, she got a lot of stickers and thorns. She has a puncture from uh, where she got gorged. She said it was a hard lesson to learn, but she's not going to give up hiking. Yeah. They say uh, the public needs to stretch their arm out away from their face and give the bite a thumbs up. Can you cover the bison with your thumb? If you can't, you're too darn close. That's good advice. We'll see you Monday. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to The Morning Jam. Hope it's a great weekend for you.